Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I do want to talk about the new News Talk poll carried out by Amorok, um, which shows that 56% of participants of those surveyed say that they don't believe we encourage young girls to play sport to the same extent that we do young boys. Um, and I'm interested in your own thoughts on this today. You can give us a call. And I'm particularly interested, I suppose, in chatting to parents about this. Um, our own reporter, Ella Corcoran, was out and about in the streets of Dublin a little earlier today to ask people their thoughts on whether we do enough to encourage girls into sport. I think it's improving. I mean, I know that the Irish soccer team is getting what they need now, I think, as far as I know, yeah. and what I've read and heard. I was a teacher, and I could see where young girls in second level just give up sport. I think they're very self-conscious, and that's a more difficult thing to deal with, I know. But, I mean, if the facilities were there and the trainers were there, maybe... Possibly not. No, probably not. It might be more now following the FIFA World Cup. It might be a bit more for that sport anyway, and generally. Yeah, because just that the girls, like boys, they need heroes to look up to. And uh, that's what the women's team, for example, have done recently, you know, that they can see the women performing at the highest level. Absolutely, yeah, I think so. Especially in the GAA, I think. I don't know if there's a push. I think it's just the way it's always been. So there's just a, a bit of a way to go now to, to make it an equal, an equal playing field. I did badminton and I, I swim. I still swim, yeah, I still swim, yeah, all the time. That's yeah, great. but I, I think there's a lot of work to be done to bring it up to the where people actually watch women's sports and pay. Like, professionals aren't paid as much, so... Jen Hogan is with us on the line today because, Jen, you've been writing about this topic for years. Um, Why do you think we don't push young girls, encourage them enough into sport, team sports in the same way as we do young boys? I mean, I think things are improving. They're definitely improving. And I suppose the fact that we're even having this discussion and that we are aware of it is all a good thing. But I think there's still an inherent attitude there that kind of stems from when boys and girls are growing up, that if boys are into sport, brilliant. If boys are into sport, well, why? Why aren't you in sport? We have to find a sport for you to get into. Whereas with girls, it's if you're into sport, great. If you're not, don't worry about it. We'll put you to something else that you can find. So we put, but we very much associate sports with boys. It's something boys should be into and it's really problematic if they're not. Whereas if girls are into sport, it's great. We're absolutely delighted they're into sport, but we don't see it as problematic. And I suppose that means we're missing out kind of on the long-term health benefits that girls and women stand to gain. All the benefits, even the kind of social side of it too, as well the, the obvious physical and mental health benefits. But because that attitude hasn't really shifted, it's improved, but it hasn't completely shifted. We're kind of a, we're on a road to nowhere. And if you look at coaches and you go near coaching mm. at all and you look, it is largely male coaches because women themselves aren't hugely involved in sport. You know, they're not involved in coaching teams. It's, it's typically men. And I've spoken to coach, I've spoken to clubs about this like uh, repeatedly and they'll tell you that they have huge difficulties getting women involved in coaching so you look at the sidelines and you look at the girls teams playing and it's great but it will typically be a dad from the team or, or another coach who might have been involved with another team who's taken over and you and who would be coaching coaching the girls rather than women getting involved so we're even sending I suppose that clear message to our girls from quite a young age that you know it's kind of men who are the experts here and it's men who they're our coaches they're the ones who do it now that's not to take from the amazing valuable time that men are given up to make sure that 
yeah. girls can yeah. train. You know, like it's huge. It, without them, we wouldn't have our we wouldn't have many of our girls' teams. But it is really important, and we know there's that huge drop off that happens. It happens to boys too. There's a drop off in sports when we hit the teenage years, but it's obviously much more significant with girls. And it comes down to among along with expectations, things like facilities, things like access, things like that we don't actually celebrate women's sports to the same degree. I mean, if you look at the 1990 World Cup and the 1994 World Cup, and I mean, in 1994, some businesses were allowing people to go home early so that they could watch matches and, and you know, there was proper huge celebration. Everybody was very much in that we were getting behind our men's team, as we rightly should. But with the women's team there the other day, uh, or the last couple, last two matches, it, there were celebrations, yes, but it wasn't. It's nowhere near the scale of, of men's sports yet. And I've had parents get in touch with me and say, you know, it's one thing trying to keep your teenage girl involved in sports, and obviously puberty brings her along its own problems when you have um, the challenges of body image and maybe self consciousness and, and the mm. practical um, thing of, of even periods and trying to, ha- um, you know, have access to bathrooms. And that was pointed out to me by one parent that their daughter plays sport, but there are no bathroom sometimes at the pitch so that actually rules her out at certain times of the month and things like that that we haven't we, we haven't necessarily created the correct atmosphere for girls to continue to play in sport but to I suppose to change it we need also to kind of shift that we need we need boys and men supporting women's sports as well as girls and women supporting women's sports and I suppose the elephant in the room a little okay. bit is that when you talk to women and talk to men, and I'm a huge sports fan and always was growing up and played sports, and but I was I've always felt very much kind of the outlier in my friends' friendship group because girls weren't as into sports as boys, and we still have that a little bit that maybe women don't have the same huge interest in sport. That absolutely loads of women love sports, but perhaps not quite the same as men. Where you know you'll find an awful lot more men are into sports and an awful lot more boys are naturally into it. So we have to try and foster that and encourage it so that everybody gets to see the benefits and the the fun and pleasure that can be derived mm. from sports. Dave is with us too, uh, 1800 453 Jen, stay on the line. Um, Dave, do you think we do enough or should we do more? Could we do more to encourage young girls into Hi, team um, sports than just young boys? Absolutely, yeah. Hi, Andrea. So, you? you know, look, I, I kind of echo what, what Jen is saying there. I think, first of all, there is this there is this kind of social and historical kind of ingrained perception about like gender differences and how to bring up boys and girls, you know, about and talking to them about being competitive, but I think one of the main problems now, I'm, ta- I'm talking from a football perspective as in soccer, um, because I've been involved with the girls for good nine, ten years now, and look, I don't have a daughter there, it's just something that I, you know, I'm passionate about, I, yeah. it's kind of my background, mm. you know, feminism is kind of my background as well in media, but I think one of one of the biggest issues is, apart from the obvious things like infrastructure, is there's a fear for volunteer mommies you know, to come in as volunteers. Maybe maybe clubs around the country, maybe we need to push a little bit more on getting mommies in at under 9s, under 10s, under 11s, so that those girls see, and it doesn't become an issue or, you know, getting them from the car into the training ground, that they see that there's, a, there's, a, there's females there, along with more girls as well, because it can be a little bit intimidating. But I think a lot of the mommies think that maybe I don't know enough about this sport and daddy knows a lot, so we let daddy do it. But the reality is, for me, is that you don't need to know a lot about the sport to coach it because coaching is not primarily about, you know, making these girls better soccer players. Mm. It's really, it really is for me, it's about promoting respect and equality, resilience, responsibility, teamwork, and, and probably most, mostly fun. Um, because because if, if you can work on that, it's, it's just like parenting, if you can work on that, then the byproduct of that 
is that they will be content. The girls will be happy. They'll be content to play. They'll express themselves. And they'll give you more because they'll, they'll gain what every teen girl needs. Uh, you know, and that's confidence and a positive kind of self-awareness, you know, and that's more valuable than gold itself. You know what I mean? Then you can work on from it as the years, you know, as the years go on. You know what I mean? Uh, I suppose like, you know, and, and that goes on for the rest of their life. So, I mean, you know, it makes them a hell of a lot more prepared for things like school, for issues that might come up in school for issues that might come up in the long run when it comes to things like, you know, job interviews and stuff mm. like that. So that's, no, it's an interesting point around even, uh, like, Jen, that nearly stems back somewhat to what you mentioned, the, the confidence to coach. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, no, the, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go on. Sorry, Jen. I, I'm just, I'm just before, uh, the, the con- mm. just talking about the confidence to coach, you, confidence comes from the coach when they invest in themselves and they know that this is a good idea and, this, and, and there is a long-term effect or a long-term... Um, results from working with girls, you know. Yeah, is, is that can I, Jen? Can I just ask you your, your thoughts on that? Like, does some of it stem back to that? I think some of it does. I think Dave's right there, and I think maybe that again goes back to this whole thing that men are more into sports than women, and and that belief that maybe the dads will know more than women, and what could they add to it? Now there is also, and we have to be, I mean, practical and realistic too. You know, women we know shoulder lots of the other responsibilities within the household. You know, if they're working and they're trying to manage children and stuff, and they might just be quite happy to pass the baton to dad here and go, here you go, here's something you can do, and, and take over that. So there is that too. But I actually, I, I think Dave's right there. I think there's a huge thing around confidence and belief that they don't know as much about sport or perhaps they perhaps that's that's true they might not know the rules of football or gas they might not know the different rules and feel therefore they can't get involved and see this as a huge obstacle and because it's a very male dominated environment coaching there might be kind of an a, a feeling of not quite intimidation but oh I don't really have a place here you know I don't it's, it's for dads it's for men and it is difficult I suppose to break the mould there and step in but women can bring so much to it and they're such they will be such a great role model for, for girls to see women as more women as coaches and go actually you know women okay. have a place in sport well, girls actually, have a place in sport Fiona's and things like periods Fiona's on the line as well um, Fiona you have some involvement in coaching is that right? Yep, I've been um, a coach at Larkview Football Club for seven years now for the girls' team. So my team are, they're going to under-14s next year. So last year they went to 11-a-side football and I definitely had to learn with them and grow with them because I only started being involved in football when my daughter was six. And um, yeah, it is definitely an intimidating environment because like often when I'm on the sidelines, people go to, like oppositions will go to other parents who are dads rather than to me asking about the team or even referees have suffered that same way. So really? there is that element. And then I know when I did my FAI coaching badges, like I was the only woman in the room and that's like, it's hard. But this summer, the FAI have run um, female only coaching workshops and things. So that I really think there is a lot, a lot of change happening and it's really positive, but it's, it's, um, it's still a world that is dominated by men, but it is, it's changing and it is great. And, and it is what motivates me to keep, doing it and keep showing up for my girls because I see myself as a role model. I see myself like that. It's really important that I yeah. don't just defer to to the male coaches in the club and say, look, I, I, they've, they've out-footballed me. I can't, you know, can't do it anymore because I am learning at the same time. As yeah. Them. But it was important like, to you to get into the coaching aspect of this because your own daughter was involved. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I believe so strongly that the girls need a safe space to play and a, uh, 
that's part of like I just was compelled to get involved and then stay involved. So like I'm lucky because I'm a teacher, so I have my teaching skills to bring to it. But I think like Dave um was saying that you don't need to know all of the technical parts of football. Like they come and there's so much out there in terms of um YouTube videos and learning about football. There's like my daughter bought me a book about football so I could learn the technical parts. Yeah. Um so there is like it is a learning journey and like it's a huge privilege to have, I've I've coached them since they were under eight and it's just such a huge privilege to know them over such a long time. It's just it like a it's really enjoyable. So I'm always encouraging other women to get involved and to participate in the coaching part of the club. Mm. So yeah. But it's an it's an interesting point that, you know, and, and Dave, you're still with us, just like listening to Fiona talk about, like Fiona's there as a coach, having gone through, I presume Fiona obviously did the, the same courses and programmes as the male coaches and yet that some of the referees would bypass you to go yeah, to... They just, they just are stuck in their ways. So they'd go to a parent or a dad and ask, oh, do you have the team card? And I'm like, no, no, that's me. I have the team card. That's me. Thanks. You know, so... Um, but each and each of those interactions is building for a better outcome for our girls. You know, like each each time that happens, the referee's like, "Oh, sorry," and then you know, the next time you meet them, they'll know, or the opposition know. You know, so it is. I think it's um, it's it's where it happens is in the small spaces where these improvements make a huge difference. A message in Fiona from Helen who says I coached an under an under 10 boys team and I couldn't get over the disrespect of fathers towards me because I'm a woman. They'd show up once in a blue moon to watch a match and they'd stand beside me telling me what I should do. Yeah, that's disappointing. Disappointing to hear really, isn't it? Because unless like when you're putting in that amount of time to a team like your training sessions and you're running your matches like that's not very constructive to have parents who are not going to support you or you know, try and try and bring a positive energy to the team. So that is disappointing. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about the new News Talk survey carried out by Amorok. 56% of people say that they don't believe we encourage young girls to play sport to the same extent as we do young boys. And we're asking you for your thoughts on this today. 1800-453-106. Sharon is with us on the line. Um, Sharon, why is that? Why is there less encouragement for women? Well, Andrea, I think that girls get a little bit self-conscious when they reach a certain age. And they don't exactly running, some of them don't want to be running around, feel sweating and uh, just might not be their thing. But, you know, there are other things they can do, like, for example, dance. Dance is a great one. Mm. I don't know why they don't teach that at school. And also it helps with the social, you know, thing between boys and girls as well. They learn how to uh, be around each other. You know what I mean? So, like, one of the points that's been made was made a little earlier um, from some of the callers, Sharon. They, they talked about there being a lack of, well, less female coaches, less mums getting involved, basically, in uh, in their yeah. kids' teams. Um, and a really interesting contribution from Fiona, who got in touch, you know, and she just talked about the confidence to coach and, and sometimes nearly being dismissed a little bit on the sideline as a coach. Um, and that that is often a deterrent for yeah. people. Fair play to Fiona. That's, yeah. that's wonderful that she's doing that. And, you know, I mean, kids will benefit from both. So definitely there should be a bigger input, you know, into women coaches. And sometimes, you know, they, they have the time to give to it. And, um, 
there's no reason why they can't. Just as a man can, you know. Damien's with us as well. Um, Damien, why do you think that so many people believe there's much less encouragement for young girls to play sport than boys? Well, well, sometimes I find the opportunities um, for girls are a lot limited, um, especially in certain sports. Like I'm involved with football. I mean, we're based in Athlone and uh, the lack of clubs really for girls is, is an issue. Now, my own daughter, Rebecca, played for years. Now she has stopped playing. She is now, she's turned 16 in August and she stopped playing. But when she was playing, she always played with boys. And that was fine and she got on great. She actually got into uh, an ETP squad with 28 boys and she was the only female in it and she got on fine. And then she went to a different league and then when she went into uh, an ETP squad, like um, the coach seemed to have an ego about it. Like, and she was she was her top scorer in the competition. And then it turned out then that she only started one game. And then she said, "Dad, why am I only starting one game?" Why? I said, "Don't worry about it. You just play on." So then COVID kind of kicked in, and things went bad with COVID because there was no sport really for yeah. her. So she, she she went to in, in with the boys' club again. And I said to the coach, "He said we'll do a trial for her." And he came to me after the first training session. He said, "No, she's brilliant. We'll bring her straight in. She's going with the boys. She'll be fine. She's in with the boys, and she's played three quarters of the season. And in that three quarters of the season, she never started one game, and she actually never finished one league game. Now there's two cup games that she ended up finishing, but she just never got a chance. And there's one game in, that she was playing, and the coach turned around and he says, um, "We need to win this game." Now there's two girls in the squad. Oh, there was actually three girls, sorry, in the squad and two of the girls were sitting subs in the game and the coach turned around to them and he says, we need to win this game. We have to win this game today. So one, two, three, point out five of them, you will be playing today. And they were talked out sitting on the sideline. Another trip then, the coach was away and another coach came in and she drove, they drove 115 kilometres each way for a cup competition and she got three minutes on the pitch when the team was 4-0 up. And I quizzed that coach afterwards and I said to him, well, why did you, why did she only play three minutes? Because mm. with the FEI, you have a minimum on time you yeah. have to play on the pitch. And in her age group, she used to play at least 25%. And I said to him, what about the development plan? You were meant to play, give her 25% of that game? He never did. He turned around to me and says, what's the development plan? You know? Yeah, and okay. after that then... Lost interest the then, Damien. Lost interest yeah. completely. And... Yeah. September last season was the first year she has never played football since the age of five. And she that was she was fifteen. Mm. In ten years she's been playing. And I find sometimes with coaches they put everything it's about them and sometimes and I see the problem was I coached her for years and I want to get someone else to coach her and she was just seemed to be never playing like can you imagine you you, you you've played you've played twelve league games in the season she played for them and she didn't start one and she never finished one. I was absolutely livid. And I, I went and tried to get her transferred and tried to get everything. She missed this deadline. She missed that deadline. Mm. And there's, there's, there was no leeway to let her continue playing. Now, she played a friendly for Yeah, No, I was going to ask you, and, and now that she's, you know, gone from it at the moment, Damien, is she, like, yeah. is she, I'm sure she's upset about it and annoyed about it. She's, she's annoyed she about it. She misses it. it. She, she, in a way, but she said she doesn't miss the competitive edge anymore. But, like she still she she loves to watch football. She 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 lives in football jersey. She loves watching football, going to football, watching it. She still now the only thing she's 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 still playing in school. So, 
which is probably our way of maybe not trying to push her. But if she mm. still plays in school, she might go back. Like she should be actually probably at this moment in time going for one of the National League uh, League of Ireland under 17s at the minute. That's where she should be really be at. But um, I just don't want to put her under any sort of pressure whatsoever at this minute. Yeah, because you're hoping that she goes back. On, I hope she goes back. Yeah. But, um, I find, but the stereotype is, is so funny. I, I also work with a NERC, with a company, I coach in schools. We've spoken on the radio before. And okay. the, exact opposite, the exact opposite of that is I went into a school one day to do gymnastics. And I was coaching some gymnastics-based movements in schools. And uh, the principal goes, now Damien is coming to do your gymnastics for the next six weeks. And the kids in the school goes, what? A man doing gymnastics? You know? Right. It's like a lot lot of sports I find are stereotypical. Like people who look at team sports, or they're for boys, boys, boys. And they look at... Gender stereotypes. Yeah, so that's the way they them, you know. Yeah, um, and shouldn't be. Robbie is with us too, Damien. Robbie, I believe you first-hand experience of coaching women's football. What's your view on this survey today and the findings? Um, hey, Andrea, how are you? Good. Yeah, I'm involved with the, the Loud Schoolgirls Soccer League. Um, I got involved back in 2018 when the Women's Football Committee uh, in the Northeast, um, chaired by Frankie Waters, um, had the idea of creating a league in County Loud. So um, I got volunteered up to go up and, and take part and sat on a, the original committee that set the league up. And I was actually voted in as the chairperson to develop the, the, the league from the ground up. So that was my first experience with women's, uh, women's sports. Um, but I'd been coaching a lot of men's sports and I also was heavily involved in Special Olympics. Um, but this is my first sort of venture into female sports um, and I really enjoyed it. Got started, and we we put the league together, and we now in going into this season, we have over eleven hundred girls now playing in County Loud from 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 literally zero, and um, back in two thousand eighteen, and um, we even grew during the COVID years as well, which was was quite astonishing. Yeah. Um. So, in my experience during that whole process, I suppose I I, I witnessed firsthand sort of how challenging it is for for both females to get involved in the game but as players and also administrators and the you know that side of the game as well which I wouldn't have had too much exposure to before that um, in particular when the FAI restructured around the John Delaney issues and stuff like that mm. and they made the decision to disband the women's football committee and create um, a situation where they were trying to integrate the girls into, into the current system Um uh, that whole process was quite quite stressful for us when it happened because we were a brand new league and we were girls only and now we were being told that we had to integrate with a boys league um, which was very unfairness because uh, Loud is a strange county because we've got a boys league in the north and a boys league in the south even though it's the smallest county in the country right. um, so which bo- boyfriend do we pick you know do we go north or south and we were in an entire county league which was one of the reasons for our success is that we we take all the girls in the county, and the girls also get great pride in playing for their county as well, um, at our at our ETP level, um, so yeah, I've I've experienced this at an administration level. That yeah, so there's around the admin, and what about the 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 point then around like the fact that so many people, fifty six percent of people, believe that we're not doing enough to encourage girls into actually playing the team sports. How can we address that? Well, Andrea, it really comes down to, and, and this is the, 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 what we discovered, especially over the last two years since we started, the size of our league got so big, 
it's literally the capacity in the system. And to be fair to clubs, they they were at nearly max with just running their regular teams, and now they've got a lot of girls' teams, which is only right and should be happening. But they're now you have clubs where you only had maybe ten teams, have now got twenty teams. So facilities are being under pressure, training grounds are under pressure, and 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 there doesn't seem to be any addressing of that issue by the powers that be. And I'm not just talking about the FEI here. I think government have a, a huge role to play here. Okay. I, I just came back from Sweden last week. I was at the Gothia Cup with our 2008 team that took part in, in the Gothia Cup, which was just an amazing experience for the 20 girls we took over. Um, they just had a life experience. Forget, forget about football, just even the life experience they got from, from the event and traveling over and they stayed in the schools in Sweden um, like this 1900 and something teams took part it, it was the biggest event uh, in the yeah. world for, for youth um, and all run in one city the same size as Dublin so but the facilities unreal yeah. we went to we went to a facility where there was a full 11 side all weather pitch domed covered over and underneath it was a ski track yeah, just no, 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 no comparison then in, in you know, terms and of the facilities and, 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 and offering. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and outside did another four all weather pitches. It was all weather pitches yeah. everywhere because they obviously have a similar climate to ourselves, and they they've obviously realised you know you want yeah. football to be played, you need to have facilities that can to be attract them in. Ali is with us as well, um, Robbie. Ali, you're also involved in coaching. Why? How do we do more to encourage girls into sport? Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really big question, and I think all of those factors. You know, the facilities and all of that, that's, you know, they all come into play. Uh, I think a huge amount has been changing over the last even three to five years. I've played sport pretty much all my life. And, you know, you've seen the girls now and there's plenty of kids being, plenty of girls turning up from very young age. I think what I notice in the difference, you know, I've coached uh, boys and girls uh, kind of eight or nine years. I've got kids kind of not far off, kind of 14, 15 what I notice the difference is the confidence in the boys versus the confidence in the girls. The lads think that it will be the next Messi or Ronaldo. The girls' confidence are, it's a bit like the imposter syndrome. If their confidence isn't there or the kudos isn't there, it's not cool. That makes the difference as they kind of get older. And I think they step away from sport. Um, and I think it's, it's a confidence thing for the girls that really needs to be encouraged. And, and whether that's more women coaching, um, if it's, you know, if it's, you know, the more facilities, all of those things do say a difference. But when you look back at it again, the girls just feel, I don't know, they just don't have that same self-belief. And I don't know, does that translate further on in life, imposter syndrome? I'm not sure. Mm. Um, it's a very good point, that Ali, yeah. And where does yeah, it come from? I, yeah, is it a genetic thing? Are we predis- predisposed in society? I don't know. Because if you look back the last three to five years, there's some great investments in women's sport, in the soccer, you know, Leanne McGuire, there's, there's a list, you know, there's so many women that are, yeah. are really coming yeah. before. You know, they're the stronger, you know, and I watch girls playing and it's slightly, the slightly more confident girls or the more outgoing girls that shout louder. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but they're, they're really going for it. And you see great talent in kids who maybe are slightly quieter, maybe slightly less outgoing. And then they tend to step back because maybe those louder voices are too loud for them and they don't get involved and get stuck in. And if you can just, there's plenty of talent, plenty of, you know, desire. It's just if you can grasp it at that kind of 10, 12, 13 year age gap, mm. that keeps them going because it really does give them confidence forever. You know, you, you get 
that camaraderie, that unity, and that in itself builds your self-esteem and all the things that we want for the girls and the boys, don't get me wrong. Um, and that's that's the one thing that I just think if we can grasp hope and build that confidence. Tony is with us too. Tony, what's your opinion? Uh, hi, my opinion is um, why I think girls are not bothered is uh, you only have to look at the girls, the, the women's soccer team now, uh, making history, qualifying for the World Cup. And back home, I think the support for them has been pathetic. All the local authorities and local villages. I travel around Leinster and go to towns and villages. No bunting, no flags, no nothing. Like if that was a, um, a men's World Cup, we'd have days off. Uh, Dublin City be covered in tricolours and shamrocks. Mm. And we were only talking about this, look- you know, the other day in the show. Actually, the lack of. Hype around, oh, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's borderline, um, it's embarrassing that it's like that Dublin City Council. Normally, the keys would be covered in flags, and you know, mm. as I said, it was the men, we'd have days off, we'd be all in the pubs. And I just think the girls are looking at that going, yeah, like no one seems to be bothered with what they're doing in Australia. Like, and my, my line of house is I'm the only house that has some bunting up. And I actually come from a village where there's a prominent Irish player who was born there. And if you drove through, you wouldn't even know. Really? Still still a yeah, total no. a lack of, of yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Just a couple of flags in, in a pub window, you know. I just think the girls are looking at this going, eh. Like, I, I, yeah. we're, we're a great nation for saying, oh, yeah, we're supporting the girls in green. I, I honestly don't think we're doing enough, you know. James, your, your daughter, James, is involved in football herself. Which is what, what's your opinion on this discussion around encouraging um, young girls into sport? Hi, Andrew. Good afternoon. Yeah, I just listened to the last caller there, and I think that's one point I was going to make, which you made uh, very well. That the fact that I like I drive a taxi and I drive around the city all day, and I've seen one area. I was driving through Ringden yesterday, and one of the girls is from there, and she's from the flats down there. And the whole place is—I mean, there's flags everywhere, and it's wonderful to see the whole community is is out behind there. But it's just something we don't seem to do: is support young girls get, getting involved in sports. Like my daughter's team this year, they won the league this year. Like they played. 12 games and they went unbeaten the entire season and you know we, we have good facilities there but I think it's that's what we need to invest money in it you know what I mean I think we need to actually get these girls when they're 11, 12, 14 years of age and what we also need to do is you'll always find with, with, with clubs if you attract 25 girls you'll always have 10 of them 11, 12 will be better than the others you do need to then set up maybe a second team to keep them girls involved you know, train them, improve them, mm. you know, and hopefully then that they can work their way up to, you know, if you want to call it the first team, if you want to call it that way. But if they're not, because, you know, and even if they just stay staying at the, playing at the lowered standard, at least they're involved in it because, like, there's nothing better than playing in a team sport. Like, when, when I saw my daughter's team winning the league this year, I was I was so thrilled for her, but I was so thrilled for them. I was thrilled for our, our management team. Yeah. I was thrilled for our club. It was just, it was wonderful, wonderful to see, you know, young girls involved in sport. And thankfully, because we've now moved up to under 18, we've kept the entire squad. Now, my daughter is actually moving on to a higher level, hopefully now in January. She's been uh, scouted by a couple of uh, League of Ireland clubs. Okay. So she's, she's moving up a standard. Yeah. So there's, there's two or three of them have, she's had trials with one. They've invited her back to sign in January and there's two others that, have invited her down for trials. So, um, you know, now I'm lucky that she's she's good. Plus, I'm also her club's um, goalkeeping coach, so I have a small bit part in that You've as well. You've interest as well, yes. I, I, so, but I just, I just think it's wonderful to see 
I love team sports. I really, yeah. really do. I love any sports. Oh, there's, there's so, many, sports. so many, so um, many, so many opinions on this today and a lot of people looking to get in touch. But I have to say, it's interesting the points that have been made on the texts um, by people talking about female coaches and the encouragement, I suppose, that's needed or required and then the attitudes towards female coaches in some codes as well. We might actually come back to this another day too. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.